0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May nineteenth, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama argued recently that sending your kids to private schools effectively breaks down social cohesion and reduces opportunities for other kids. Neil McCluskey, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, says that's not only wrong, it may be precisely backwards. We spoke last week.
1: So the president, in talking about uh, Poverty, lots of social problems in the United States, identified two things he said as kind of breaking down communities and social cohesion. And, and one of them was people choosing to send their kids to private schools. Now, this is wrong for numerous reasons, but by the biggest is that only about 9% of children uh, go to private schools. So to act like we have this scourge of private schooling that rips apart communities just isn't the case. In fact, there's been uh, survey data done of the the wealthy and sort of the mega-wealthy in the country, and the large majority of those kids go to public schools. So there's no meaningful evidence that private schooling is what's ripping communities apart. In fact, what the evidence has long showed is that wealthy people get to better schools by paying tuition we call the price of a house, which of course poor people can't say well we'll just go buy that McMansion to go find a better school, whereas wealthy people can, and that's the system we have. Instead of paying tuition, you buy a whole house.
0: Yeah, the, the big sort of uh Ripping apart communities, or however the however the president uh, puts it, uh, occurs long before you decide where your kids are going to go to school.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the history of of education in this country, uh, it's not like the public schools, despite the mythology, were just taking all these diverse people and bringing them all together, and they all learned to get along as a result. Of course, there were African Americans were legally excluded from public schools for a very long time. In some parts of the country, Asians were legally excluded from the public schools. Mexican Americans were legally excluded. Then you had Roman Catholics who said, basically, this is a de facto Protestant school system. We've got to set up our own schools. And then we have to remember that districts typically dealt with very homogenous communities. So just the idea that it was public schools that have historically brought us together just doesn't hold up to history. And then to try and blame private schooling when it's only 9% of enrollment for sort of ripping apart communities just doesn't make any sense.
0: Is that a broader critique? Do other people offer that uh, that as a complaint about private schools that they destroy community?
1: Uh, Yeah, we we certainly heard the argument not necessarily put quite the same way as if, you know, you can see the kids being removed to private schools and things just crumbling. It's typically couched as if only we could get everybody to use the public schools, then people would really care about the public schools and they'd be better and then everybody would go there and they'd be really happy. In fact, we've been hearing that since Horace Mann in the 1830s, you know, sort of the father of the common schools was saying if only we could get those terrible rich people to use these schools, people would care about them, but we don't as often hear that you know we're, we're being ripped apart by people now choosing private schools
0: largely because you know if you
1: look at the numbers, there aren't that many people
0: who are choosing private. Schools. But that is a complaint though. that is a complaint I've I've heard and read even that if you choose to send your kids to a private school, uh, you're a horrible person, and uh, it's and it's just by virtue of the fact that you're choosing not to support a system where lower-income kids attend Mm -hmm. and uh, where uh, your intelligence and wealth could be brought to bear to improve that situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: there there are certainly people who say that. But what they typically have to ignore, because that's often an argument just to say, well, we don't like private schooling, is that wealthy people do that predominantly. I mean, the vast majority of do it not by going to private schools, but by moving to good districts. And how do you move to a good district? You can afford a house in that district. So, I mean, clearly, the problem is not private schooling. Clearly, the problem, or at least a big part of the problem, is that how you access education is dependent on where you can buy a house. And, well, I mean, let's be honest, wealthier people tend to like to live with other wealthier people. So, just saying it's bad to go to private schools. And, and I should say there's survey data that shows most Americans or large percentage of Americans really think there's something morally wrong with choosing a private school. Um, to think that that private schooling is therefore the problem just doesn't hold up to scrutiny given the actual, you know, the reality
0: of how people get schools for their kids. And Dick Comer at the Institute for Justice makes a point. He litigates a lot of cases dealing with uh, educational freedom. And one of the points that he makes is that wealthy parents who do send their kids to public schools, uh, their needs are almost always addressed more quickly and more satisfactorily by the public schools because they have this uh, veto in their pocket of... Their kids can go, so we yeah. can go somewhere else. And low-income people n- don't have that, so uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to follow the complaint that if only without changing any any of the institutional structure of public schools, uh, that uh, somehow wealthier people. Uh, Participating in public schools are going to is going to help.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and there's then there are complaints that you go, you see, you're you're in a school district with wealthier people, and then they also spend their own money on top of what's spent, you know, through their taxes on those schools by like, okay, well now we want all new computer equipment, we'll just take, you know collect money, and we'll pay for that. So it's not like you can even stop the rich from spending more. I mean, I suppose you could have a law if you wanted to do that. But the simple reality is, given just almost a complete public schooling monopoly, we still have huge separation of the wealthy from other people. The flip side of this is, we had long had one in particular robust system of private schools, that was the Roman Catholic schools, the parochial schools, which are still very inexpensive. I mean, you're talking about forty-five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars, sometimes six thousand dollars for an elementary school tuition. That's not that high. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Andover or Exeter, or Sidwell Friends, or the ones that people think of when they think of private schools. And these schools were hubs of their communities, now inner city communities, then inner city communities, for a very long time. Eventually it became very difficult for them to compete against public schools just in terms of the bells and whistles they provided. You certainly had people who had moved out of those cities, who moved to the suburbs, and you started to see those kind of parish-based schools couldn't support themselves anymore. But what happened was, and there's some great research in a book called Lost Classroom, Lost Community that showed, It was ultimately when those schools went out of business that you saw sort of a precipitous drop. So things probably weren't going well to begin with, but a big drop because they were a big part of the community that established norms, brought people together so they knew each other, that they knew this was a place they could go. And when those fell apart, those private schools, the communities of which they were actually a crucial part,
0: also fully disintegrated. Neil McCluskey is director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. Read more of his work at Cato.org.